Hello, welcome to Skull RPG Podcast. My name is Dwight Skull. My name is Jacob Skull. And today we're going to teach you how to tell, tell your, your story. story. So Dwight, one of the other things that goes along with our last one about clues is if you have this epic campaign and you forgot to mention certain things about foreshadowing and then what you think is this obvious twist reveal at the end, your players get blindsided by. How would you address that by actually properly putting in ways to do foreshadowing? Sure. Well, the first thing I would tell you is go to skullrpg.com and then go to slash courses and check out my just enough planning course that'll show you how to do that and not get caught. So you can actually um, note any foreshadowing events every single game session. Mm -hmm. But not to just pitch my product, let's go back a step and talk about, let me talk about how not to do it. So let's just talk about, okay, this is Harry Potter spoilers, okay? And again, the books have been out for 20 years now. So come on, people. Um, and the movie's been out for 10. So anyway, spoilers on Harry Potter. Here we go. Um, in Harry Potter, you have an invisibility cloak that is worn by Harry Potter. There's like three or four one-off lines that say that it should, most invisibility cloaks only last a couple of years. And this one has been passed down from his father, who's been dead for at least 12 years. And he had it for like he was six or seven years. Right. So this, this invisibility cloak is different than everybody else's. And it's mentioned a couple of times, but never really gone into. So this is a great example, actually, of foreshadowing done incorrectly. Mm -hmm. So out of that, then in another book, there is the um, basically, and there's a story of Beetle the Bard who has all these collection of short stories. And she even came out with a collection of short stories. And in it is the tale of the three brothers where one, they all basically cheat death and death congratulates them and says, you can have anything you want. One brother asks for the, the wand that can kill any wizard. One brother asks for a stone that can basically bring his loved ones back from the dead. And then one brother asks for an invisibility cloak. Cool. You see that. You see the story. It's never really mentioned much. And it's it's done. And then book seven comes. And the entire book seven is about the Deathly Hollows, these three things, the wizard, the stat, the wizard being one that can kill everybody, which Dumbledore has had in his possession for a long time. And mm -hmm. you didn't know that. And then... The uh, resurrection stone um, you've also dealt with. It was the, it, you know, you've seen it around too somehow. And then now you have the cloak of Harry and you're just supposed to realize, oh, of course, this has been happening the whole time. That Harry just happened to have all of them in the last like uh, movie and a half. Well, that's the whole point, right? Okay, fine. That's how you do foreshadowing dumb because no one sees it coming. How you can do foreshadowing correctly is actually for your players to get an idea of what's happening. So, um, an example would be this. You have a big bad who is the big bad of the entire story. Not a lesser big bad in a subplot, but the big one. The one that you have to defeat, right? It's the typical, um, you know, we have to go and defeat evil wizard so-and-so. Cool. No one knows evil wizard so-and-so's name. Mm -hmm. No one knows who he is. No one knows how long he's been around. Fine. So what I would start doing is I would start finding three key items or two key items or seven key items that belong to that wizard so-and-so. And 
I would start dropping them in after they beat certain mini bosses, it's the subplot bosses and maybe the, the, you know, if you think of life as a video game, you, every level there's a boss, every mid-level, there's like a mid-level, like, you know, mid-level boss and there's a final level boss and then there's a final, final boss. And I know that doesn't, maybe that just lost you, but okay, you're going to level one. You get halfway through level one. There's a little. There's a guy who's stronger than every guy you fought, mm-hmm. and then you go fight a bunch more minions. And then at the end of level one, there's a guy who's stronger than that mid-level guy. And then you do the same thing level two and level three and level twenty-eight or whatever you know how many levels there are. And then you finally beat the big bad guy at the very end of the game. And then the game you know rolls to some sort of ending credit scene. Um, and if it's like a Nintendo game, it's like. Totally, the ending was not worth the the gameplay. Uh, you know. So that said, so here's what you do. So they beat mini boss number one in the middle of uh, stage one, and they find a letter, and it's from an underling to an underling, and it mentions somebody else's name. No idea who it is. Cool. Then level two's main boss they kill, and they find the diary of that same person's name that they found. A long time ago. And in that diary, that person talks about their rise to power and certain things, but not fully. They haven't mm-hmm. changed their name yet. And then you keep going and then maybe they find an amulet or uh, a spell book or, you know, some sort of item of power of that person. And eventually they're going to start collecting stuff from that person or from that person's parents or something like that. And they start to slowly piece together that this person was really powerful and then you can do, quote unquote, the big reveal and the foreshadow at the same time where the last the last mini boss that they kill before the final boss has some sort of object on his or her person that reveals like the last three pages of the diary you found. And it shows them naming themselves as the big bad of the entire story. Mm-hmm. And then they go out and do all these destructive acts. And you already know about their history because that's why you're fighting them. And now you realize, oh, man, this this person has been very helpful to us. It's been, you know, because we've been able to read their stuff. Maybe they got a couple of really cool spells out of the deal. Maybe there's some of the amulets and stuff that you found are actually really important and really powerful. Maybe with all those items that you've collected, you can actually kill the big bad not easily, but like a lot easier. So if you put the big bad like six or seven levels above the players at all times, which means certain total party kill at that point unless somebody rolls really horrible i.e the gm and somebody rolls really good i.e all the players um everyone's gonna die but with all those artifacts and all that knowledge it literally negates certain abilities that seven levels above would have so Mm -hmm. like maybe you find a ring of you know like that blocks all disintegration spells so that disintegrate, and it's like in a group. It's like a group ring. It's like this cool artifact. Now disintegrate, which is like the go-to spell. X amount of feet around that around the wearer, you're immune to disintegration spells. It's like a shield. Yeah. Right. So you can see how over time, by collecting all these things, you've now diminished the effect of the big bad on your thing. And then with that big reveal... You've been maybe following a hero, like a hero's journey, which we have a, an episode on. And then you realize that the hero fell. Mm-hmm. And, and never got redeemed. Yep. 
And now you're, I guess, redeeming the villain by killing it. I, mm-hmm. But that's how I would do foreshadowing is I would start figure out what I want to tell. And then I would figure out how many items do I need to drop or how many clues do I need to drop to get that done. Hey, thanks for listening. And for more resources, please go to skullrpg.com.